Haven, and you'd be out of place. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So what Hashem does, so that you should be at least at the same place of all the people you bring closer to Hashem, he wipes away all your sins, does all kinds of stuff like that. Hashem doing wonderful things. Thank you, Hashem, for the Yonis in our life and for this particular Lieutenant Colonel Yonis, I can't say. Yeah, I got it. Even though I was in the Israeli army, I had a U.S. Army security clearance. They thought that we will be, uh, we go to groups of Noahites all over the world. Talk about Amuna, pure, simple Amuna. Hong Kong, Singapore, this and that. There ain't no reason that we can't go anywhere in the world to a U.S. Army base in Kuwait, an American passport, okay? In Afghanistan, and that, yeah. Uh, I want you to meet a special Jew, Ellie Goldsmith. <laughs> Ellie is our new Breast of Israel program director. Ellie Shemshin has to be brought on as well. Amen, amen. Okay? So, you know, did you have any ideas? That's the man. Okay. Okay. Right before we proceed with our mini lesson on this week's Torah portion, I'm just going to say for Hashem at 8, 12, 8, 13, we're in Adab and Mairi. And right before Mairi, if the women want to get sailing, with Hashem's loving grace, this is Laser Brody from the Chut Shafesa Yeshiv in the Holy City of Shalom with all of our mini lessons on this week's Torah portion. This week's Torah portion is a double header, Matot and Masai. Not only Matot and Masai, it's Shabbos, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. And the Rosh Chodesh is Friday, it's the second, the second of Av, okay, first, and it's a week before Tisha B'Av. The following week, Tisha B'Av comes out on Shabbat, have it by Hasidim, regular Shabbat, regular Shabbat with meat and wine and everything great, okay, and then Tisha B'Av, the fast, is postponed to Sunday. But the thing is, you have to make sure that you do Sudash Lishi, everything early, way before you have the sundown. So it's not usually Shabbat. If you extend your Shabbat after sundown, that's fine, not, not a week from Shabbat. Okay, we're in Parshat Matot and Masai, and this week's Torah portion teaches us how we purify vessels, how we purify pots, knives, things, the things that become kosher and it had become ritually contaminated. Now, these laws not only apply to years ago, they're germane today, and they give us spiritual secrets. What happens? Okay, what happened that Hashem sent Moses, Moses sent Joshua to fight the Midianite war and to take revenge on Bil'am and the Midianite kings, the Anmoab, for, as a result, what we saw in Parshat Pinchas and the week before in Parshat that in the sin of the Midianite women, 24,000 Jews got killed. So to take revenge, it was Bilam's evil counsel. And the Midianite kings, it shows the hate for Jewish people, they were willing to give away their daughters. And I killed Jewish people, your daughter? Send your daughter to the lowest level 
I didn't like to say the word, but you, you know, sell your daughter is a, is, is a, is a harlot to, 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 because you hate that. That's really hate. That, that's worse hate than it can be. All right. Shem says, no, take your revenge. And they took their revenge, and they did what Shem commanded them to do, and they killed the enemies, and they came back with spoils of war. Spoils of war were gold and silver and various utensils. Okay. So Elazar, he gives a halacha that they come back, uh, they come back with all types of spoils, and Elazar tells them that, like this: Elazar Cohen says to the returning soldiers, so you got a lot of military here. <laughs> okay, the returning soldiers came back from the war. This is the law of Torah. Now he says, this is the law of Torah. What is he doing? What's the law of Torah? Believe it, Hashem? No, this is the law of Torah. If your vessels came in contact with pork, then that put them in boiling water, put them in the fire. If the pork was cooked in water, then you kosher the vessel in water, you kosher the in water. If it was a skewer and it was cooked over a heat fire, then you kosher it by a live fire until it's red hot. In other words, and, and the fire is called libun, and the water is called hagola, and if it's cold, it's enough to be with the water. Now, hold it, we're not finished. We're not finished. Not only that, okay, he says, he says, don't hukat, that was the law of Torah. Well, why is it law of Torah? Saying, don't hukat, This is the law of kashering utensils. No, and was it the... Okay, Elazar tells the, 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 the commanders, this is the law of Torah. Then Hashem commanded Moses. The gold, the silver, the copper, the iron, the lead. Okay. Whatever's been used in an open fire, you catch it by open fire. Okay. Okay, whatever they use to open fire, you use open fire. Whatever you use to water, open water, but you're not finished yet. You're not finished cashing process. The first process is to get rid of the physical contamination. What's called in Hebrew the blia, where uh, the walls of a vessel absorb. Okay, the walls of the, that vessel is absorbed with the contents of something that's not kosher. All right? By putting that vessel in boiling water or in an open fire until it comes red hot, it, it spits out, then it becomes pure. Oh, no, not finished, not finished. Now the Torah commands another thing. Now it should be purified with purification water. Meinida, what does it mean? It's got to be bumped in a mikveh. Is kosher enough for a woman? A man's mikvah doesn't have to be doesn't have the same the same severity of a woman's mikvah. Woman's mikvah has much much more detailed laws. But a man's mikvah, for example, a swimming pool, it's a kosher man's mikvah. A swimming pool, you could have mine shoe, but you could have water just pumped, not for a woman's mikvah. It's got to be live water connected to a spring. And oh, they got to go to the laws of mikvahs. But to kosher a utensil, you can't use a man's mikvah, you gotta use a woman's mikvah. 
Because this is may need that this we're talking about. So hold it, wait a second. I thought that putting the vessel in fire or in boiling water is enough to kosher. It is, if it is a Jewish-owned vessel, that you made a mistake. Somebody accidentally took a milk pot and cooked meat in it. Okay, no problem. We take the pot, we put it in a cauldron of boiling water, finished. Somebody mistakenly took a meat skewer and put chunks of cheese on it. And did, uh, I don't know what, 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 what they call it, what's the French, I don't know what the, the French, the smelted cheese. Huh? Fondue. Thank you. Thank you, counselor. <laughs> okay. And they made fondue with the, with their, with the shishlik skewer. Okay. No problem. Put it in fire until it comes red hot. Right. Oh, so it's kosher. Yeah. But when you take it from a non-Jew, as in this case, it came from the spoils of war with the Midianites who did idolatry, now it has to be done something else. This is like, this also, the laws, understand the laws, why we're not supposed to have uh, non, not only non-kosher, non-Jewish wine. But if someone, a non-Jew, makes wine and makes it all according to the laws, but he made it, can't drink it. Reason, can't drink it. It's also called the Midianite women. Because if we drink his wine, we can't eat his bread. Ah, I sit down, you're my bro, we drink wine together, we break bread together. Okay, the next meal, his daughter's gonna sit down and says, uh, you know, I like you, you're my buddy. Oh, you're not married? Have you met my daughter? I'd love to have you son-in-law. If you drink wine with him, now we're back in making what we do. Okay, so as we get this, we also, as an outcome, we learn these laws in the second chapter of Gomorrah Abodazora, and they are brought in Eurydia from chapters 112 on, okay, the laws of the thing. So now we have a second stage. If that tool has been taken by a non-Jew, it has to be dumped in a mikvah. First, it has to have the prohibition taken out of it. Whatever, shrimp, pork, whatever it was, the milk and meat. Second, has to have the ritual purity taken out of it, and that's done in the mikvah. So what do we learn here intrinsically? What does the two-stage teach us? We're talking about the lowest order of creation. The Arizal in Kabbalah teaches there are four orders of creation. There is the Tatzcham, Domem, which is the mineral order, Tzemach, which is the vegetable order, Chai, from living, like an animal, and man. Domem, Tzemach, Chai, Medebeh. Okay, so we see this lowest order. There, the, what, what the Torah gives the list: the gold and the metal, the animal, the copper, the, the the metal. It's got two stages. We would think it's enough to kosher it in the boiling water and then hot fire. What's it need the mikvah for? The Torah is showing us, and this is why Elazar Cohen says, "Don't look at the Torah. This is the Torah, the Torah." This is indicative of the whole Torah. You understand this? You understand the whole Torah? That pot has a soul to it. Wow. The hot water, the boiling water, and that fire, that takes care of the wall of the pot. That doesn't take care of the spirituality of the pot. You, my brother, you, my sister, cannot cook your Shabbat meal in that pot 
unless you kasha the soul of that part. Because that part's got a soul, and that soul has to be pure. And that's called Tuma Vitara, purity and impurity. We're not talking about something that you can see in a lab. You can see the amino acids, you could go in the wall of a pot, and you could identify the particular amino acids, the porcine amino acids. You could identify them. Okay? Not, not the, but the soul. And the Torah is teaching us that a pot, a simple pot, or a simple skewer, or a simple knife, is a body and a soul. And it's the lowest order of creation. What can we say about ourselves? A body and a soul. So now look, you caution the body, and you do all the mitzvot on the outside, but your soul doesn't join into it. What's your soul joining into it? How do you know if a soul is observing Torah? This takes us back to what we talk about every week, every lesson, Emunah. When I learn Emunah, I capture my soul. What good is the outer trappings of tefillin and prayer and this and do everything you do? You go, if my soul is not there, like in the first temple, go to the temple in the morning, and then go home and, and, and take the idols out of the closet? No way. But people do this. You go to show in the morning, and you go home and cheat someone in business, heaven forbid, many times heaven forbid, it's a transgression of Torah. It's because, my brother, my sister, you haven't captured your soul. You go to show in the morning, and, and you look at, at, at a woman, you have your wife. Right away, you can't look at a, a woman without coveting. My words, King Solomon's words. I am well like Homer. His words are King Solomon. He says, if the eye, see, if the eye sees, then the heart covets. So what the eye doesn't see, the heart doesn't covet. That's the whole thing regarding the eyes. And Tishinashev gave us a specific thing below Tatu, and she regarded your eyes. We see, if a simple pot, the Torah is telling, it's got a heart, a body, and a soul, what about us? And you know why we're not happy? You know why we don't have a smile on the face? Because we haven't yet captured our souls. You want to smile from now until Mashiach and then after for the next 6,000 years, next week? Learn and more. Get close to Hashem. Put everything aside. This is my first priority. Get close to Hashem. All right, this is capturing the soul. I'm going to take my soul and dug in the mikvah. Okay? And you know something? If you dunk your body in the mikvah, you're going to do yourself a favor too. To do that. Oh, Hashem. Hashem should bless us soon, that the three weeks should turn into days of joy, and we're have a wonderful Shabbat, and all your heart's wishes for the best with Mashiach and our rebuilt holy temple, speed in our days, Amen.